from the Hill Country in Texas, broadcasting worldwide, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Yeah, I just talk to myself when I do these things, otherwise my head would explode. I kind of do that with my whole life. I talk to myself and say, Patrick, you're doing good. Okay, what are you doing now? Walk, walk, <laughs> walk, breathe. Oh, that's good. Okay, uh, good afternoon. It's a little bit afternoon. Don't mind me. i just been up since the early morning. We started at 8, 8.30 this morning. Um, talked to Dr. Anthony uh, Chafee in Australia and uh, had to get up early because 13-hour difference there. And then Zoe Harcum, she was cool yes, uh, about an hour ago. And now another cool person to talk to, a good friend of mine who I've never met, but he's a good guy. It's a Bear Paul Lando. And uh, his his uh, resume is like crazy. I mean, biological terrain medicine, clinical kinesiology, Japanese meridian therapy, functional and movement specialist, craniopathy, visceral manipulation, chiropractic medicine, new German medicine, oxidative therapies, metabolic typing, and endodynamics. I think I'm just going to move up there and uh, just lay on his, uh, you know, lay on his table and say, you know, fix me. <laughs> Mr. Lando, good afternoon. Well, the the extensive resume is because I couldn't figure out what I wanted to be when I grow up, I and I still know. can't. And you still can't, and you, and, you still, and you still do it. You still do it. I love this great old, the old, older pictures of you when you were like muscles, you know, like, whoa, muscles, like super muscles. You were like a beefy dude, right? You were beefy. It seemed like a good idea at the time, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was a, I was an athlete, not just um, you know a, a pure gym rat. You know, I had to yeah. be big, fast, and you know, and all that for the sports I played. So I uh, I put a lot of weight on my frame. It had to be functional, and um, and you know, you have to do very unhealthy things to do that. It's not natural to you know eat four thousand calories a day and. <laughs> and do everything you know that you need to do to do that but um the good thing is is that i have a different relationship with food these days because i force fed myself for so many years that uh you know i still enjoy food but i never had a weight issue after i lost my football weight because it's like well you know i'm kind of tired of eating really yeah did did you do you feel any stronger like core strength or motivation or to do stuff when you had those muscles um, yeah, it's it's a whole different mindset. You know, in some ways, it's very empowering if you're running into brick walls and things or mm-hmm. doing what I used to do. Because I played at a high level, and, you know, they're all the best, uh, biggest, fastest athletes on the planet, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so I was in that category. So, you know, and then it kind of carries into the rest of your life in that you carry yourself like they see in sports with a little swagger and and uh you know gives you kind of an external confidence mm-hmm. but what i found later in life of as we find out a lot of things in later life that some of the reasons why i went in that direction were to armor myself against some issues that i needed to take care of sooner or later anyway and so when i uh, started um shedding all that weight when i retired from football um, you know, those issues were still under there, but I didn't have any external armor to uh, fake it anymore, if you if you understand where I'm going. Uh, but the good thing is, is to help me transition out of football, because I still had that kind of jock thing, 
Um, you know, I went down from about 285 pounds to about 240, then finally into the 220s, which is where I spent most of my adult life. I'm, you know, maybe 200 dripping wet right now. And, um, you know, and I went into the martial arts and competed, you know, full contact with that for a long time, kickboxing. But then uh, I really started connecting with a lot of the artists from, you know, the real deals from different cultures and different parts of the world. And it, it led me into a journey into the internal arts uh, in which, you know, not only do you learn how to use your inter internal resources rather than just relying on outer musculature mm -hmm. and performance, which only lasts so long, no matter how much you work out, uh, but it also brings you in touch with yourself. So you deal with those reasons why you thought it was a good idea to bulk up in the first place. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's probably on the list, probably girls and, and girls and, and girls, probably. <laughs> Well, I'm uh, with the same my same girlfriend for almost fifty years now, so I'm still into girls. And you're still into girls. Well, well, that's good. You know, I'm sure she's into you. Fifty years now with your your wife? Uh, just shy a couple years. Yeah, that's great. if you count. Well, about forty five uh, marriage and a few years living in sin, and almost fifty. <laughs> I like that. A few years living in sin. If you'd like to be on the show with us and uh, join the conversation, we we never know where we're going to go when we get together. Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com, 888-663-6386. It's, we're live here on the 1st of November. I think we, uh, we, we ditched the old daylight savings thing. Is it next week? Next week, I think we're going to do that. Turn back, turn back the time. Uh, Government Gruesome did a, <laughs> a royal proclamation and said, we are not going to do that in California. Really? And so the clocks are going to remain the same, which means... Uh, you know, nine in the morning here is still going to be pitch black. And, uh, you know, you, you know they have some kind of ulterior motive for doing that. Uh, we haven't figured it out yet. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course, as you know, uh, this is make-believe time because solar time is regular time, right? If you're in the solar, solar time. That's, so you got to, you know. Like, for example, if your liver is going to do its thing between one and three on daylight savings, that would really be two and The sky clock definitely supersedes <laughs> the, so. uh, the thing on the wall, for sure. I think so. <laughs> yeah, I think it does. Oh, man. Do you ever do, you ever, uh, do any things with your, various things with your organs and the solar time and play with that idea at all? Oh, all the time, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it's the main clue for me, you know, in my practice years, because people would come in and they'd say, oh, this happens to me certain times of the day and so forth or certain times of the night. And uh, with the type of acupuncture I practice, I would, and, and with a neurological interface, I'd go in and see what was going on, you know, at uh, that, that sky time. clock time yeah. relative to their organ, and it would usually lead you to some good stuff. You know, the other cool thing uh, with that same sort of approach, um, because I had a very international practice. Mm -hmm in the back in the day and people would fly in from all over the world and you know very often very jet lagged even the, the next day by the time they're ready to come see me and so i'd uh, instantly take them out of jet lag and the way you do that is you uh, can test to see 
where their body is stuck if they're in jet lag and then with the acupuncture system you can coincide uh, the present time on the planet where they happen to be and you can synchronize that and uh, just instantly fix really? yeah i use a combination of acupuncture and clinical kinesiology and just link them up by using the neurology to do that so where would the offbeat time be located what part of the body I mean, does the body think it's, you know, like midnight in, 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 the, in the UK or something? Is there a particular place where that's located, that time or that energy? Or? Yeah, the, you know, the <clears throat> meridians that we think of in, in meridian therapy or acupuncture therapy, they're the things that link our internal uh, body and time clock up with the external environment. So on every uh, for every meridian, there's what we call a now point. A now uh, point. You know, it's like that. Uh, yeah, it's just uh, kind of the terminology, and that is the main testing point that I would use with clinical kinesiology uh, to see if that was active or not. So, for instance, you come at a particular time of the day at noon or something, you should be in heart time, you know. Right. And if I test that and you aren't then I know, okay, uh, we got some work to do. And just take moments, really. And then, uh, you know, the next part of the therapy is to is to get you synced up. And how it's, you- it's pretty much a no-brainer, and it's, it's uh, remarkable that huh. uh, medics of all type haven't caught on to simple things like that. could really help a lot of people. So when you sync up, then you're using the acupuncture needles in particular spots? Um, I would actually do polarity therapy for that. You know, uh, it's a technique that was pioneered by Randolph Stone. He was a, a well-known osteopath. And so what you do is you take one point, uh, you know, the now point, which is where they should be and where they're stuck, you know, and some other point. And then you just use your hands and connect the two. You act like you're a set of electrodes between the two and then you pulse them in. And then when you uh, feel good, uh, you know, firm pulses coming in in both hands, then you know that they're synced up. And all you <laughs> did is you created a little a loop. Uh, loop using your own body because you're electric too as an, a practitioner. So you use yourself to connect the two. And that's uh, something that was pioneered, again, you know, called polarity therapy uh, in the osteopathic profession. And I use that quite a bit with a lot of therapies, uh, you know, in order to make connections and and reestablish ley lines in the body that have been interrupted. That's so cool. It's like, yeah. man. So when we say electric, uh, we're electric beings, so is everything um, kind of firing, connecting things with light and energy rather than cartilage and veins and both, I guess? Well, cartilage, veins, uh, all the appearances and functions, physiology, the anatomy of the human body is nothing more than composites of um, waveforms that start with an idea Hmm. and then those uh the configurations of the waveforms and then when they come together they create composites that you know look like a physical body or a plant species or or anything that was the original idea of the creator yeah it looks like a liver liver. or a kidney or something like that yeah and and what's neat is you know look at the human body or anything within the four kingdoms of nature uh we're the fourth and um you know, all the components of our physiology uh, actually mirror the resonance of one of the constellations. So, 
So, you know, they're the little relays, the capacitors between, you know, the whole sky clock mechanism that is projecting down uh, these uh, levels of resonance that give everything their form and function in the first place. So when you get the hang of it, you realize it's a, it's a continuum and good medicine, you have ways to uh, interject in any part of the continuum that is being interrupted whether it's above our head within our body or in the ground beneath us you know whatever we aren't synced up with and um you know put things right so and if you don't go ahead no go ahead go ahead no no i was just saying if you don't do that then you're you know there's a lot of um Hmm. talk these days about holistic medicine alternative medicine yeah um but Really, it's still confined to what's encased in this little form here, rather than appreciating the entire continuum. And so, therefore, you know, a lot of practitioners get stuck, uh, or the computer, the biocomputer kind of crashes on them, and they can only go so far. But if you know how to measure the whole continuum, you can usually, uh, almost 100% of the time, find out what's going on. So, the continuum would be like Patrick and the stars and the moon and the sun, that continuum? Is that what we're, we're speaking of? Yeah, we're, uh, you know, the fourth kingdom of nature, uh, humans, uh, which actually isn't a good term, uh, mankind, we'll <laughs> mankind, say, yeah. um, is the mediary between heaven and earth. So here we are, we're the conduits to bring heavenly energies into the but, earth realm, right. as we think of it. Yeah. Uh, we're the conduits that are bringing in that light in order to raise the resonance of the earth organism itself. And that's our job and also to tune into the heavens. So that old saying, you know, head in the clouds and and uh, feet, on the feet firmly on the ground, that's really what our responsibility is here. So if you're looking at the sky clock, uh, where it emanates from originally, of course, the creator has an idea <laughs> Because there's nothing but stillness. There is no such thing as form or function. It's just an idea. And idea is eternal. It has no beginning. It has no end. Um, You know, our bodies are eternal because it's just an idea which is eternal. The form, on the other hand, is a frame-by-frame projection, which is very transient and... uh, not eternal at all of course our job is to start relating to original idea and also the fact that we get to play with that idea to you know create our little variations and idiosyncrasies ourselves. uh it's a good idea to follow universal law and and whatnot when we're doing that Hmm. you know so we don't muck up things or muck up our own lives (laughs) but um you know we we have to really just stop this seduction of thinking this is who we are and you know we're talking about athletes you know early on and and you know when i was uh, out there playing ball and you know working out full-time um you become very body conscious Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so you know it's an experience and that's okay uh even in alternative medicine these days we're still very body conscious it's all about what you eat um you know your lifestyle and so forth and you know we're we're giving credit to that we you know have other facets of ourselves, but um you know we really have to go full into what's projecting us in the first place 
and that we're an individualization of that. And that's where you get into the, the full continuum when you're practicing medicine is to figure out which of those subplanes above the physical form and function, uh, you know, there's um, impediments, we'll say. Yeah. So, so if we know the body is just a thought form and not really solid and all of that, right? It is. Mm -hmm. So, big picture, I've kind of seen over the last few years that whenever I have something, I don't know, the pain or I don't know, something, you know, whatever, um, that the more I realize that I'm not the body, which I know I'm not, and to just let that pain or whatever be, it, 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 it seems to just heal itself because I'm out of the way and I'm not saying I don't like that, right? Because if I don't like that, then I'm just like not liking me. And so when I don't like me, well, then it just makes it worse. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And there's a real scientific basis as far as why that happens. Yeah, cool. Tell me. Mm -hmm. yeah, tell me. <laughs> yeah, I want to know. So, um, you know, we, we touched on uh, a concept that there's uh, four kingdoms in nature. We have the mineral. We have the vegetable or botanical realm mm -hmm. and we have the animal realm and then we're the fourth realm you know mankind Man mankind okay now if you go back to the sky clock the original resonance that is projected by the creator in the process of idea are what we call the seven rays now those rays are the primary resonance that give the characteristics therefore of all of creation as it travels down through the ethers so first um the seven rays are projected through the 12 constellations hmm. and then through those constellations into the seven sacred planets which are not spinning balls of rock up there but they're plasma projections Whoa. that <laughs> convey this resonance and you know into our realm and we're not getting into an argument about what um, shape the earth is. That's really immaterial yeah, who to knows? me. Yeah. Um, what I'm more concerned about is how it functions because then, you know, the light bulbs really start coming on and, you know, really tells us a lot about ourselves and also uh, exposes all the solutions that we need technologically, medically, hmm. uh, societal, and so forth. So as those rays convey all the way through the ethers, which is a living, conscious, intelligent fabric, mm -hmm. then, um, you know, if we get into, like, the electric universe concepts, uh, like Walter Russell and waveform mechanics, and without, we'll try not to get too nerdy here, but um, <laughs> just get the concepts, then, um, uh, you know, a waveform is going to a waveform, of course, that is produced by our own thought as individualizations, and that's going to condense down in a certain direction and compress, uh, you know, it's data. You know, if, we, if, if it seems mysterious, you, you know, our computers are doing it right now. It's just taking data and compressing it so we see something on the screen. Hmm. Our consciousness is doing the same exact thing, only it's doing it in a three-dimensional way. So now that uh, compression of data creates our form and our function, our experience, but simultaneously, uh, just like rain coming down, you know, uh, from the elements creating 
uh, rain, and there's a whole process we could explain how that's just an energetic event as well. Uh, then it condenses, drops on the ground, and simultaneously it radiates back up. And uh, that's not to suggest that uh, water just comes from the atmosphere because the same water creation process is happening within the Earth itself. And, you know, with the compression uh, creating water, some people call it primary water, and then the radiating uh, of that, which makes it available over time to the Earth's surface. But that external and internal water production then meets, you know, at the equator, which is the Earth's surface. And then as far as the atmosphere, it radiates back up, just like every idea we have that creates our experience, our body moment by moment. You know, if uh, you and I could wake up one morning and forget that we've been around for 70 some odd years, you'd look like you were 20. But we have a memory that is going to keep replicating the idea of projecting our bodies uh, according to our belief system. And then uh, after the compression, then you have the radiation cycle, which is actually a toroidal field, mm -hmm. you know, if you understand Walter Russell's work. And then it just keeps happening over and over and over again. So that creates the appearance of form and motion which is transient and really not here the way we think it is but the idea is here so if we can yeah. get clever enough to get to the level where we're in control of that idea which is where the will force comes in and that's the point i was trying to make uh mankind the fourth realm is about individualization and developing the will force so the reason and we can explain how that happens but the reason why you say uh, pain go away is because you are in that evolutionary point where your will force is getting strong enough and say you know body i have something to say about this be gone hmm. yeah and so i think that's what you touched on for me in my study and uh, spiritual experiences that that's really the key to longevity and and youthfulness and all of that is uh, I don't know, just not believing in the old idea or whatever. I don't know, you know. <laughs> I think there's an old thing. There's a. It was written that way back when that the queens and all the you know the rich ladies who want to be young. They wouldn't even have mirrors uh, around because they knew that if they looked at themselves and they saw a certain thing they didn't like, they just kind of knew intuitively that that would stick around because it's just a thought, right? Oh, I don't. I don't like this wrinkle. So. You don't like that wrinkle it's going to stay there because it's just another thought Does that make sense mirrors definitely become your enemy the longer <laughs> you hang around for sure. right. so i try to just look at myself in the eyes when i when i look in the mirror and hi patrick how you doing <laughs> <laughs> and try to shave it's just hilarious so oh man so that's why when you speak about aging and if you even and if you're not clear on these words and people say, well, you're 65 or you're 75 or you're 85, that, that thought has a lot of energy around it. And it has a lot of thoughts and images and you've seen movies of people 85 and that's why people age, I think. Don't you think? I mean, that's really why they age because they're just creating whatever it's supposed to look like. 85, they've been told for the last, you know, 50 lifetimes or whatever. Yeah, in the fourth kingdom, there's really no reason to age because nope. we, again, have become individualized and have a will force to decree what we wish in our experience. 
and uh, or decree in our experience. So yeah. um, the only reason why all this happens is because we think it's supposed to. <laughs> we think it's supposed to. Isn't that hilarious? It's that simple. I mean, you know, when you really when you think about that, wow, man, uh, Paul. Uh, but, but you know, good good lifestyle. Um, sure. Staying active. Sure. Uh, staying passionate about life. Um, and also losing your body consciousness, so you know it's really not who you are. Right. Um, you know, even for some of us that have, uh, you know, some white hair and everything, you know, internally you say, "Geez, I still feel pretty good." Yeah. You know, maybe I can't. Uh, maybe my forty time, uh, you know, I need an hourglass to time it now rather than you know the way I used to be. Uh, but uh, but that really doesn't matter to you anymore, and and all that you care about is the quality of life and then that feeling level of just feeling good and passionate you know really does uh well, start to forestall the you know the the real decrepitness that you see in a lot of folks like uh, that are the same age as you and i and aren't near as handsome as you and i well i mean you know i'm pretty cute so are you you know but but so yeah i, I agree i and there's so much uh, research has been done where uh, men especially that retire you know, they, they retire and they don't have anything to do. And they just, they go down, you know, health-wise. And mm -hmm. they look older, you know. it's mm, Makes sense, right? Well, I mean, retirement when we're, is one of the... Yeah. But when we're doing something, we're being creative. And you're working on your farm. And I'm working on my screenplays or whatever. I, I There's no way you could be aging during that, doing that. Why would the body age when you're doing that? Mm -hmm. Why would it? I also, no I also no, have a theory about time. No biological no, reason. No biological. I also have a theory about time is that if we don't believe in time, and I don't, I seriously don't, then if you're just in the Nowsville, um, why would the body age? Why would it age? There's no, there's no, there's nothing in there that says you've got to age, is there? I mean, you know, there's people that have lived four or five hundred years. I have some spiritual masters that are seven hundred years old. So there's nothing in there that says you got to age. I think if we believe in time and we believe that next year is next year and oh my God, you know, and you think about next year for a whole year because something's going to happen when you're going to get married or something, then the body's got to do something because you've created an illusion that there's a, a year's worth of time between now and next year. So I think that's why the body ages because it's got to do something. You create a time. You say, what am I going to do? I got to, I guess I have to age. That makes sense? Yeah, and again, that's very science-based. Uh, that old saying, live in the moment. Because again, if you go back to waveform mechanics, um, you remember we have data, which is just information from an idea. Right. And then it compresses down and creates the next frame of the movie, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Well, if you're in that uh, compression cycle only, which is where most of us are, then we're just watching the movie go by. And then that movie has a natural progression that mirrors our belief systems, including time and uh, progression of uh, the aging you know, cycles and so forth. And the body. However, yeah. if you're in the moment... You're not just watching the movie. You become, you know, the the projector the, yeah. the, and uh, the director, editor, you know, projector, and every director of your own movie. 
and you're watching it from the edit room rather than you know sitting in the theater really kind of get lost in the movie mm -hmm. so um you know you can still be aware of the movie and have a lot of fun with it but you also know that you can if you don't like the movie you can get up uh, you know out of your seat in the theater and walk out anytime you want right right so that i guess is the big challenge going on today i would conjecture with the internet and everything that that it's very easy to believe that we are in the movie and we're not we're oh. just watching it yeah. yeah yeah we're not in it yeah and people walking around with their phones it's just they're constantly getting programmed and not just with ideas with resonance from those uh, wi-fi frequencies that are behavior modification frequencies they're purposely designed to do that and then of course if you do some really not so smart things like put things in your bloodstream uh in the name of medicine that actually is an antenna to make your body resonate even more strongly and directly with those frequencies. And you become a walking iPhone, your, your body actually does. And now you're really falling prey to the folks that, uh, you know, think that they have to control everybody. Oh, so so pre-injection, just the Wi-Fi and cell phone towers, and they all are, have this spooky programming in it to try to control? Oh, for ages, for hmm. ages. TV did it, pre-internet. Yeah, that's right, yeah, of course. And you know all about that, flicker rates and all that. Yeah, they've been playing with this for a long time. Then they just unroll it a little bit at a time, mm -hmm. give you the next little technology that you crave and ask for. And, uh, you know, now you have become <laughs> just about AI yourself because your neurology is being controlled by something outside of you. And it also dampens your ability to perceive those higher realms that are uh, giving you those more finer uh, 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 messages that would give you discernment to know what's going on in the first place. Mm -hmm. I, more and more I'm feeling that actually affects the smell as well. As I become more settled in the now, I, can, I am outside, I can smell more than I did before. Isn't that cool? something there i don't know what that's about there's a lot there actually <laughs> you know <laughs> all of our senses mm -hmm. first off our five senses as we like to think about them are part of the game they're not real any either uh no different than a video game you know you get to look at the screen you have the controls and things so you get feedback of you know how well you're playing the game right. the sensory apparatus is part of the matrix but it's part of the grand design which allows us to have the experience we have and what we think of as our sensory organs um and and that's a different story so you can't necessarily trust your external senses in the first place no matter what you have to understand them for what they are but if we're using our senses in a complete way every sense has two polarities one projects that's from our own consciousness and if we're aware of that, then we can project through our senses what we touch, what we smell, what we see, what we hear in a way that's simultaneously creating our reality and gives us the awareness that what we experience out there is actually our own projection in the first place. But we have been brought into one pole exclusively, most of us, where it's just a neurological receptive mode that's active so that we're just walking around uh you know 
again in somebody else's movie and uh, really lost touch with that other faculty that would give us more input into our moment by moment experience as far as what we sense in the first place you know rudolf steiner got hmm. a lot into that actually uh, it was goethe that first did and and then steiner took off on goethe and and you know said wow that guy's really on to something here so it's the idea that uh the more we can smell and feel and sense and all of that then we're realizing that we are the projector or the director of, of the movie and that helps us to remember what's really going on when we smell when we really smell is that what you're saying yeah and also your senses are going to be able to perceive between the cracks a little bit better mm. and you're going to see and experience what's really going on because most folks when they walk around they're just kind of again uh, one side of the polarity just getting sensory input and it really tells them a story on the other hand you can have a you know, a, a more elevated individual, you know, in the same experience, and he's looking and experiencing totally different things. And it's not so ominous when you, you know, know that you have input uh, through your own projection. You know, take the, the as an example, when you take hearing, um, hearing uh, happens through first through the air element first, you know, the resonance comes through the air and then it vibrates into our ear and then uh, the little neurons there pick up uh, the air resonance and then that's transmitted so that's the, the pure neurological input so mm -hmm. that's all you're getting is what's mm -hmm. you know making noise out there mm -hmm. but then the next phase that is transferred to a little sack of fluid in the air and then that creates a resonance it goes directly to the uh, astral plane mm -hmm. and that is where true sound is happening that's where true smell is happening wow. now if you uh, you know get more out of the superstition of you know body consciousness now you can simultaneously uh you know the first step is developing what we think of as intuition and everything but it can be taken much further where now you're working consciously on those finer uh subtle planes we'll call them and you know perceiving from that level and then also projecting from that level and not just uh, you know, confined to that external data that's bombarding us all the time with Wi-Fi, TV, you know, people yelling at you and everything else. Hmm. Pretty trippy, man. <laughs> so much fun talking. You know what's trippier, though, is actually not knowing this stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. and walking around thinking right. that, you you know, you don't have anything to say about it. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's the real mystery. That's the takeaway, right? To know that, you know, we're just not, you know, Whatever. Okay, let me do a little commercial here, and we're with a cool, cool guy, huh? Yeah, he's fun. It's uh, Bear Paul Londo and Patrick Timpone, OneRadioNetwork.com. This is a great product. I take this little guy every morning, so be aware. If you do, it'd like be crazy morning, like me. Right after I wake up is Pine Pollen Pure Potency, or P4. This is Cirque Rival's flagship testosterone and androgen support formula. It's made with the pollen of pine trees, which is rich in testosterone, androstenedione, DHEA, and a bunch of plant sterols. These are all substances, phytochemicals, that support the body's natural androgens, or male hormones. 
Of course, men and women are using this product, but usually it's men in andropause. Men after age 40 whose testosterone production has started to decline. Many of survival supplements can be taken any time of day, but Pine Pollen Pure Potency, it's important that you take at very specific times of the day. Now it can be taken once, twice, or three times, depending on how much you want to supplement yourself with the phytoandrogens found in it. But the key is taking it at morning, right upon waking, midday or noon, and then again right before bed. So once, twice, or three times a day, but always at those times. And that's because that's when your body's naturally producing its own testosterone. And all we want to do is amplify that sine wave. We don't want to start to take testosterone at a time where our body's purged it from the bloodstream. Instead, we want to take it at a time where those levels are already spiking and we're just subtly helping to increase them. This product tastes fantastic. I think of it like an orange creamsicle. And that's because in addition to that subtle pine flavor, there's a little bit of orange peel, Tahitian vanilla bean, cloves, and then a little bit of maple syrup just to give it this nice kind of sweet orange flavor. So it's really delicious and easy to take. So if you're looking to increase your testosterone or androgen levels and you want an alternative to pharmaceutical testosterone replacement therapies, there's nothing that does it better than pine pollen pure potency. I think you'll like this product and everything that Daniel uh, puts together. Everything is in Myron glass. And he's got pine pollen and shaga rishi, and they use only the fruited bodies. Oh, I shouldn't put that uh, the next commercial up yet. And uh, colostrum, and just really wonderful products. He's got the digestive bitters. You can spray that little puppy, and um, oh, all kinds of things. So it is survival on OneRadioNetwork.com. We got introduced to uh, Rafi, and uh, he's a fascinating fellow. And we talked to him. Oh big time on his uh, water filter. We think that this is the best ever water filter for the shower. So if you live in the city and you're showering with street water, we don't know of any water filter that gets out more yuck than this one. It's called Omica Organics. Um, You change it out every year, so that's a little thing, but it's, it's filled up, entire filled up with cool stuff. He's got jewels in there and all kinds of things, but he'll get out pretty much as much as you can get out in that we know of in the shower filter. So if you're living in the in the you know in the city or anywhere and you take a shower, I mean I'm on rainwater and I got one of these guys. I think you'll like it. It's a Amica Organics uh, shower filter. And then I had a little Sheila Jet thing here I wanted to show you. Where is it? Oh yeah, <clears throat> Sheila Jet's pretty cool. I don't do a lot of extracurricular activity as far as supplementation, pine pollen, elk velvet, and a few other things. A 50-year-old ginseng from Shen Blossom. Some other stuff. Well, I guess I'd take enough. But Tashila just pretty cool. And uh, Rafi, we talked to him, and he has uh, sourced uh, some Sheila Jet from different parts of the Himalayas or Himalayas. And he's very, very picky about uh, cleanliness and, uh, you know, any kind of yuck stuff in the Sheila Jet. So and it's, a, it's a really fun thing to take. I'm just starting it now. Uh, today, actually, is the first day. Uh, but I've, I've heard a lot about Sheila Jet. I've never really taken it. So it'll be fun. It's organic, non-GMO, the whole bit. So we think it's a good one. If you like, uh, want to try some Sheila Jet, go to OneRadioNetwork.com and look on the... Um, I, I think this ad is right there, right there on the front page, and, and, uh, and we'll hook you up, okay? Okay, okay. Broadcasting from the beautiful hill country in Texas, this is one 
www.radionetwork.com. Mr. Bear, Paul Lando is with us on this first day of November. Happy November, Bear. Happy November. You're going to do something special? Well, we're getting ready to uh, do Thanksgiving South here. We're going to oh, go down to um, Santa Barbara where our kids live. That's, uh, oh man, you know, like a full 20-hour um, drive or something. How long and, is it? Um, a huge you know, drive, right? See the grandkids and... Well, let's see. It's about eight, nine hours to the Bay Area, then another seven hours beyond that. Uh-huh. So, so you, it, you know, it's amazing. It's it's such a transition of topography well, going from where we're at, and then you just watch it kind of morph in front of your eyes. So we're looking forward to seeing our grandkids. You are uh, um, um, geographically in California, but not quite California, right? Unfortunately, we're within the political boundaries of California. <laughs> uh, but I'll tell you, you come around to my neighborhood and uh, not too many gruesome fans around here. No, I bet not. I and, bet not. you know, if you get into California in general, uh, it's I'm not politically inclined because it's all theater. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, it's uh, most definitely a red state. And Really? Uh, the only thing that keeps it blue is the media, uh, the Bay Area and the Los Angeles Basin. But even a lot of people in those metropolitan areas are really getting fed up with it. I know. And they're moving out of there like crazy. Oh, yeah. Um, fortunately, they haven't moved to my neighborhood yet. Yeah. Well, they're coming to Texas and and, uh, and uh, Florida. I know that one, boy. Yeah. We just send them out your way. Yeah. Just come on out. Yeah. Come on out to Texas. <laughs> you should go and go, uh, go 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 on uh, Bear's uh, website alphavedic.com alphavedic.com and he has pictures of where he lives with this river and all you know man it's like Shangri-La up there man Phew. it's really beautiful you're very yes. blessed yeah you're very blessed huh? wow I feel that way yeah we've been blessed we've always lived in mm. very wonderful areas mm. And, you know, it, it was what we really intended and desired, you know, even when we're young. You know, we've had four homesteads, um, lived off grid, you know, most often. And even in uh, my main practice years when I was in Hawaii, you know, we lived out off grid. We had a 12-acre plantation and people used to fly in and mm-hmm. see us there. We had a big, you know, clinic facility. So, wow, uh, you know. We always made our choice, you know. Uh, I remember when I was in different phases of medical school, you students I was with, they're planning their, you know, what they do with their life after graduation and internship, and they're always talking about where they move and they they do it according to demographics. Whereas, you know, close to parking and <laughs> and you know, best chance of making a buck. And uh, you know, for us, it was totally different. It's like, where's the best surf, and where can we, uh, you know, uh, just be out there in the boonies by ourselves? Yeah. What what island were and you have on? A good, you know, a big thing was making a good environment for our kids because our kids came first. Yeah. We delivered them at home. We uh, homeschooled them. Wow. Uh, did the whole thing, and we just said, number one, you know, we we consciously decided. To conceive and raise kids and so they came first and everything else was secondary and it works out when you get your priorities yeah, when right you do that what island were you on in hawaii we were in maui before that we we're in fiji and viti levu Ooh. and then uh, kids were pretty young we decided oh, okay um 
you know, they're going to be raised Fijian, which we love the Fijian people, but then we decided, you know, maybe there'd be opportunity more in Maui. Uh, now, Maui back then was a true outer island. Yeah. You know, it didn't have the big jumbo yeah. airport like it does now. So, uh, you know, you felt like you're out in the tropics somewhere and, uh, you know, no shopping malls or, or uh, box stores. And we went back there for my kid's wedding a, a few years ago. And I, I didn't even recognize myself uh, or, or recognize the area, you know, flying to the airport and in Kahului. And you go into a Whole Foods, which that stuff never existed back then. You know, <laughs> we just went and picked bananas off trees. And, uh, you know, you have Hawaiian people, you know, Real people. native Hawaiian people that are walking around the store looking at their cell phones i'm like okay there goes hawaii yeah there it goes i was on a little island in the south pacific uh when i was in the navy armed forces radio and there were a lot of hawaiians on the island and they were just so sweet they would feed us and we'd go down there and we'd drink beer and they would fish and cook fish for us and they were just the coolest people ever just wow just great wonderful people you know so uh what island was that was that south seas or it was a, a place called johnston island about 750 miles oh, southwest of hawaii there were big rockets on there yeah wow yeah there were big boom booms just and uh yeah we got uh, they don't they're not there anymore i think it's a bird sanctuary now they took the rockets down so that's where they sent me. So just, you were a, a I play Frank Sinatra records in the middle of the ocean. Robin Williams, yeah, that's kind right. of guy there was yeah. starting a radio thing and uh, service. Yeah, on. they had whole station, and we would just broadcast to the ships around and to the island, and it was real low key. We mostly drank martinis. You know, is what we did. That's pretty much it. <laughs> that's good. Well, that's uh, that goes with that age. Yeah, a nice way to you know a nice way to do the war. You know, it's right during Vietnam. So it was a, it was a great great way yeah. to do the war, and uh, we had a great time. And it was a type secret place because of the rockets, so that we weren't even allowed to wear uniforms. So we just wore shorts and t-shirt. You know that was it. That was our our uniform for the day: shorts and t-shirt. It's great. What a shame! Ah, huh? oh, what a shame! Yeah, I was just oh, man, you really come on. I really want to wear a uniform. Oh, I with some stories. Um, the uh, drinks at the uh, offices. Uh, NCO club were 20 cents, right? 20 cents and a dime at happy wow. hour. So can, you can imagine my, my liver made it out of their life. I don't know how, but we did. <laughs> <laughs> made it easy to stay happy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There were so many sharks, too, in the, uh, around that we couldn't even go in the ocean. Yeah, it was like... Oh, really? Oh, yeah. They were every, well, they would dump see everything over. They would dump all the garbage. In the, yeah. And so the sharks were there saying, oh, feed me. You know, not good. Yeah, not good. Do you think it's uh, just overall kind of uh, healthy if one can afford and find a cool place to live near the ocean? Do you think there's some benefits to being around just the sea breeze and the minerals and all this stuff? I always felt that way. Hmm. Um, there are other reasons right now where I wouldn't want to be around the coast. Right. Um and for instance, in Hawaii, uh, they went total mask Gestapo because they imported the communism to Hawaii and the government there now is uh, fully yeah. authoritarian. And also you're a captive audience and, um, you know, basically it's easy for them to control and find people. And I have a lot of friends still over there. 
uh, and family, and you know, it's it's not a fun experience anymore. Yeah. Um, they have a lot of rules and regulations. Like, there's one of our old favorite beaches that was on the way out to Hana, where you know, towards where we lived there, and we'd always stop in this you know beaches, hang out for a while. You know, now you have to go online and and uh, you know make a reservation two weeks in advance to go there and then when you're on the beach then you have two hours and you have to get out and that all started with this social distance nonsense uh distancing nonsense mm-hmm. and um you know it's just kind of took hold and then of course you have a lot of the folks that have moved there from the mainland that have built their mcmansions and things and just imported their whole idiotic mindset right. so they're all down for it uh so and and then you know uh here now we're a little bit concerned about well the food trucks keep showing up you know with diesel and everything else uh well well, it's even more sketchy if you're on an island waiting for that massin container you know to show up to dock with all your food and everything and uh because there's less interior um that's wide open you know it's harder to forage around there like we used to do as well yeah uh, I've been uh, following the diesel story, and it's a significant issue. I don't know if people know that. Oh. But there's a very short yeah. supply of diesel. And boy, if the trains don't run, the trucks don't run, and the boats don't run, you know, we could be in eating a lot of sardines or whatever we got put put away for a while. I don't know. Man. Yeah. It's crazy, huh? Yeah. No, and you and I know it's by design. Sure. They've been working up to this for a long time. Yeah. And we know the culprits and why and everything i mean if you're in a world war what do you do you cut off the enemy's supply chain kind of duh so that's exactly what's happening right now and people don't recognize this for what it is it's 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 war that has been um declared but it's a little bit less obvious to the folks that are still watching tv because it's unconventional you know it's fifth dimensional warfare Mm. so uh you know we have a our diesel guy that's going to come top off our tanks tomorrow and i also have um you know just uh little containers of diesel you know we have about 500 gallons because we have a, a generator that we pump water from the river and you know do a lot of things top off our uh solar batteries when the sun's not you know out for a particular day mm. so diesel is very important so i'm just going to be watching the gauge on my tank and whenever you know, it just goes down a little bit. Now I've, I just fill it by hand and keep it topped off all the time. I talked to our diesel supply yesterday, and they said, "Yeah, hey, yeah, we don't know what's going to happen." So, right. you know, it, it. You know, we thought, well, okay, we'll take matters in our own hands. But if we run out of diesel, you know, nobody's going to die either because you yeah. know we know how to fend for ourselves out here. Sure. So, why diesel? Why not uh, propane? Uh, why would? Why did you choose diesel over propane? for that kind of uh, energy well we have propane too okay we have propane tanks that uh you know fuel our stovetop in the house and refrigerator and things like that i see and when we're designing our uh our energy grid we purposely mixed and matched different fuel sources so if one's down oh cool uh you know there's uh yeah Yeah. so you you don't want to just do everything on one kind of fuel and then the other thing is uh, we have a backup generator that's just regular gasoline. So I just wheel that over and I can use that. But our main fuel source really is in the house to keep us warm. And that's an old-fashioned, you know, wood, burning wood stove. stove. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we've got, we've been gathering wood, which we do at the end of every summer and autumn. We've got about eight cords out there stacked, you know, of hardwood and softwood. Uh, I can cook off the fireplace itself. Uh, I can do anything I want with the fireplace and we're never going to freeze. Folks in the city, uh, God bless them, but they're just um, very vulnerable. Yeah. And boy, I know you uh, probably heard of what's going on in Europe and, it's going to be tough over there with oh. these pipelines and the yeah. blowing up. Uh, and I mean, it, this is a big deal. What's going on, right, on Earth today these huge, days? Huge. huge. This is the big this, one we've talked about be... our whole life, isn't it? The big one. <laughs> so in uh, in the seventies, my wife and myself uh, moved to the hills because <laughs> we were sure the big one was coming any back. day, right? <laughs> yeah, that was fifty years yeah, ago. Just... It's going to be any day, any day now. We were just a little early, yeah. Bear. You know, we were tough. buying, yeah, we were buying gold and silver, and right. we had our chickens in our garden, and we're just pregnant with our first one, right, and you know, right, delivered right. them up in the hills uh, there, and yep. and uh, you know, now in hindsight, I don't feel foolish at all because no. I realize what I didn't realize then is they had all sorts of tricks up their sleeve to to slow burn us for a long time and then <laughs> gaslight the rest of us that knew better. <laughs> Like a frog in the in the pan, right? We just do a little oh. bit here, you know, so they don't run away too quick, you know. We just Yeah. Yeah. What a trip, huh? I mean, it's really yeah, so it is. but but it's you know, it's our karma, right? The song. It's our karma. We can cry if we want to, right? You would cry too if it happened to you, Leslie Gore, nineteen seventy four. Okay, so I uh, mean we've created this situation. So do you yeah. think we've created it so we could wake up? get stronger or whatever i can't think of any other reason why Um, would we right i don't believe this realm was created to be the school of hard knocks in the first place you know but for whatever reason whatever the true history of this uh realm is um (laughs) some folks just thought it would be a good idea to screw things up (laughs) so uh, (laughs) so (laughs) here we are let's screw that up let's but hasn't hasn't it gone through this whole thing? Like it wasn't like a, you know, the golden age, and then Atlantis, Lemuria, and it's kind of gradually gotten weirder, right? What, what is the golden age and silver age, copper age, and then the iron age, right? The Kali Yuga, isn't that what we're in now? The Kali Yuga. Well, in the uh, Ascended Master teachings, which is just one terminology to use, but they're actually the teachings that have been around for day one and and told different ways, you know, through different cultures, is that we are now entering the final third, the third and final golden age. And uh, the the golden age is, of course, um, the first one, which could have been extended, uh, could have, uh, you know, gone on uninterrupted, but... You know, again, that was our choice. The good thing about karma is that it's over whenever we care. You know, there's a lot of um, <laughs> whenever we want Eastern mystics. It's over whenever we care to end it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I say karma. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot of Eastern type of schools of spiritualism that think, well, I'm just doing my karma. Well, karma is over as soon as we say it's over, but. The, the one caveat is we have to stop doing those things that created it in the first place. Right, right. So it's not just an idea. Right. We have to actually change our behavior yes, <laughs> because sir. we've been behaving very badly. Yeah, we've been, so, yeah, yeah, we've been uh, sowing and reaping for a while, right? 
Yeah, but we don't have to be here doing karma forever. No. That's, that's mm, our choice. No. Yeah, and I agree on the golden age. You know, my path is Ekankar, and we, we've, uh, our, our spiritual path, we've entered the golden age two or three years ago or something like that, whatever. So uh, that's why I look on it, not the Kali Yuga. I think things are getting better. Mm-hmm. It's going to get better for me. I don't know about anybody else. And mm-hmm. They want to come along, you know. Mm-hmm. Come on. It's going to be great. I've never felt more positive, yeah. more more aware, and more loving life than I have in this moment. I mean, that's pretty cool, right? I mean, I, ooh, man. Yeah. And you know, we're also at a time where we've got the rascals exactly sure. where we want them. Because, you know, I always use the analogy just being in medicine for a long time is you take somebody that's really got some issues and then you start treating them and all that stuff comes to the surface and it looks kind of ugly for a while. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it might even look like things are getting worse if you don't know any better. But that's where we're at on the planet. Everything's in our face and mm-hmm. that's good. Yeah. You know, in good medicine, you want to get things up, up to the surface to so the we can surface. upchuck it. Upchuck it. So, are you yeah. talking, you know, banking, financial, pedophilia, nuclear, whatever? You know, just pick your yeah. pick your fear du jour, right? They're all coming up, you know, yeah. corruption. So, it's just like a, a pimple that's got to come out and then, you know, and it's not there anymore. That's a good analogy. I like that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember even in uh, grade school catechism, uh, you know, there's certain elements within the Bible and, you know, that, eh, you know, has some wisdom there. And But uh, their whole thing was about this, the end times, sure. which is the end of the concept of time, as we we're talking about, not the end of time time or like, you know, everything's done. Uh, but the end times, there would be no more secrets. And that's where we're at right now. Oh, so that's, so, you that's know, the biblical the thing about the end, excuse me, the biblical thing about the end times is really the end of the idea of time. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, I like you that. You can only yeah. have it. Time is a concept, as you and I already discussed. Right. So, if we're in the moment and actually in charge of our full faculties, <laughs> we're not going to be caught in that movie anymore. And, you know, some people choose to stay there because it's more comfy and it's scarier to get out of the movie and take responsibility for yourself. Uh, that's okay, too. But a lot of us are saying, I'm out of here. So we're just going to stay in the reality that we want, that we want, right? Yeah. yeah. So for you is that, yeah. um, talk about your process. Is it just a matter of being conscious and aware every moment to do what you want, to think what you want, to believe what you want? You are controlling mm-hmm. your state of consciousness. Mm-hmm. And it's a journey. Yeah. Um, you know, you're leading your life in a very particular way, and I bet that, you know, it's taking you a little bit of time to just evolve to where you're at right now. It's the same for all of us, sure. you know, for whatever reason. A long time ago, I just decided to do things a little differently. Mm-hmm. Did I know what the heck I was doing back then? No, but I just had an inclination, one foot in front of the other, and now all of a sudden we're here we, we kind of like yeah. you know what's materialized a lot of people you know will say well it's easy for you to say because you live off grid and, mm. and it's like well i didn't it took me 70 some odd years to get here you know it didn't <laughs> just happen yesterday yeah. but but the good news is uh even if you are starting yesterday you don't have to take 
you know, no. over 70 years to get there because everything is speeding up. And if you simply, you know, do that inner work, now you can manifest in a fraction of the time whatever you want. Sure. And also there's folks the around, there's folks around you and I and others that anybody that comes to us and said, can you help me do this? How did you, you just tell them. So yeah, here's, here's what you do. You can do this and you can think this way and mm-hmm. you know, you're not your mind and it's right there. It's pretty easy. Just all, all it takes is an open heart and anybody can learn this stuff like this. Boom. Where you, you know, we were reading books 50 years ago trying to figure it out. You know, Alan Watson. Krishnamurti and exactly. you know Al, Al, Ram Das, they were all there helping us. Okay, Patrick, we'll read this. Well, I don't know. My head's about to explode. You know I me. Mean? There's a lot of opportunity now. I remember my first teacher uh, in, in the early eighties, and he was like telling me about all this stuff. It was like whoa, you know. And I just kept asking him questions. And um, he said to me one day, he said, "You know, this is no more difficult." And teaching somebody how to repair, uh, he used the term at the time a tape recorder because I don't think there was any computers. No more different, difficult. If you just listen and and ask for guidance, and I can show you exactly how you can do it. That's how you can do it. So yeah, you can teach somebody to repair a tape recorder or to become more spiritually evolved. And that's pretty interesting, isn't it? And it is that simple. <laughs> It just takes us opening our heart and saying, okay, well, let me forget everything that I think I know and start over again, which is a big thing for most people, all right? Yeah, and and that's the Vatican's job is to make spirituality um, only available through um, these guys wearing these $25 polyester black robes. Right. <laughs> and then also teaching us that there's only one guy in the history of the planet that was able to uh, elevate himself and achieve the ascension process, even though he himself said greater things ye shall do. Right. Uh, so, you know, you make it very mystical, very unobtainable. And, uh, you know, and then, of course, there's always that authority figure mm-hmm. that is uh, saying, go through me or else I'll burn you at the stake. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And then you introduce a thing called sin. And boy, that's magic, right? Oh. Ooh, man. Oh, that's, yeah. <laughs> sin. Ooh. <laughs> you were bad. Oh, you're bad. Oh, you're bad. Boy, that's a beautiful thing for religions, isn't it? Wow. That actually, you know, for me, it worked in my favor. You know, I went to 12 years of parochial school. And when I was in about the fourth grade or something like that, you know, that was back in the old days where you can't eat meat on Friday. Right, me too. And you know, yeah. I come from an Italian family like you. So my yeah. mom cooks up a ra- homemade raviolis the day before Friday. And uh, there's some leftovers. So I go in the fridge knowing there's meat in it, and I'm just scarfing, you know, and I'm like, oh man, mortal sin. I ate meat on Friday. <laughs> then I went to a confession like we did every Friday, uh, you know, with the class to prepare for Sunday Mass. And now what's worse than a mortal sin Whoa. is uh, going to to uh, confession and not confessing it. Now, that's a sacrilege. Is that a sacrilege? So, well, I, don't, of course, I didn't know I'm that. I'm ashamed that I have a mortal sin. And didn't, oh, yeah. Didn't this confess is, it. This is, yeah. this is deep stuff. So, I didn't confess it because I'm afraid the priest is going to yell at me. 
but but it gets worse now i'm at sunday mass with the class and now the worst imaginable thing is you have now i have a mortal sin and a sacrilege oh. on my soul and i get up you know when my class is getting up to receive communion and you, you, you can't receive communion if you've got all that stuff going on in your aura so i get up what am i going to do sit there you know then everybody knows i'm a sinner so they go up to communion and i uh you know i go with them and then i go from that point on i just said hey i'm toast i'm done i'm going to hell so at that point i just divorced myself from catholicism even though i went through the rest of the school and right. so it's it was actually a healthy uh severing oh, yeah. of that whole energetic and how old were you say, were you when know, that happened what's the use anyway how old were you I when know, maybe eight yeah. Eight, nine years old or something. Yeah, yeah. I can remember I was in uh, seventh grade and we had nuns with those big those big birds, you know, with the white, you know. The, <laughs> the flying nuns. The flying nuns, yeah. And um, she was talking about how if a baby is not baptized and dies, they go to limbo. And if you go to limbo, right, you never get to go to purgatory or heaven. You're just done limbo forever. I'm talking never. And so I raised my hand and I said, what? You mean if you, you know, I repeated what she said. That's right, Patrick. Oh, yeah, never. And at that moment, I'll never, always remember it. I, they lost me. I knew she was just full of it. You know, it's come, come on. And then never again did I believe in any of this stuff. That moment. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, you get it. You crazy? I forgot about limbo. <laughs> oh, limbo is a good one. Purgatory yeah. and hell. Limbo. Okay. Limbo is a so, good one. So you're kind of all right. Not too bad. At least you're not burning in flames eternally. That's right. You just go to limbo forever and ever and ever. Well, now the purgatory thing is interesting if you really understand I what they're did. saying with those concepts. No, I never did understand that. Well, here's here's what I believe is going on with that. <laughs> Uh, okay, you and I have been doing our homework for a while, so here we are at the end times, and eh, things don't look that bad. You know, we might get a few buckets of rice, you know, for the hell of it, just in case. But other than that, life's pretty good. But now, what if you're one of those people that hasn't been doing your homework, you know, and the final exam is tomorrow, and you're up, you know, all night cramming? It's kind of tougher. So you're going to have to burn away a lot more stuff quicker. That's what I believe what the concept of purgatory was really about. You know, they say, well, it's going to be hell, but it's just temporary. And you yeah. know that there's an end in sight. So it's not like being in hell for eternity. So purgatory is, I think, really where a lot of the youngsters are at right now that are just waking up mm. the night before the exam. Mm. <laughs> the night before the exam. Uh, one of my teachers wrote in an old ancient book that the idea of a baptism originally was that they would, um, the baby, they would pour the water over the baby's head to confirm that that space is open so the baby could continue to leave his body through the top of his crown chakra, go back and forth to God his whole life, which is what we can do, right? We soul travel back and forth. And so they turn that little puppy into sin, to washing away the sins. That's interesting, isn't it? clever very clever yeah the uh rituals i think always have origins and some real truth but right. then of course they don't tell us about all the good stuff <laughs> all the good stuff <laughs> all the good stuff have you uh 
uh, have any experience as out of the body on these other planes, astral, over the years? Have you had very conscious of it? Yes. Um, sometimes I hesitate getting into personal things because that's okay. everybody has their own personal experience that's and right. a lot of people... They say, oh, that's not possible. Things, but, right, right. But yes. Yeah, you don't want to do that. Um, actually, very early in life, I just had some experiences that I believe um, made me look at things a little bit different Right. Uh, by the time, even before I reached my teens and so forth. And then I did get taken under the wing of one individual in particular that... Um, guided me through some things without drugs uh -huh. uh, which I think was superior because um, it was very deliberate and it was very graphically real not hallucinatory yes, sir. or wondering what the heck uh, realm you're in in the first place and also being able to um transport to different places within this realm and realize that there's really no time space and so yeah. forth wow and then also the same individual because we had some experience together helped me remember some things where we had experiences together in other times that were pertinent to what i was up to this time around and these individuals don't do things for phenomena or just for the heck of it. They only um, choose experiences if they have import and uh, a real grounded purpose for here and now. Yeah. And so one of those individuals uh, kind of tweaked me Help. forever by oh. taking me through some things. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. You know, one of the uh, the ideas in uh, on my path is that we and I really appreciate you what you said about something personal is that I don't share um, those kind of experiences that are so profound and and uh, beautiful with just anybody. I just don't because the last thing you want is somebody is not to appreciate what you've experienced. That's mm -hmm. the last thing you want, mm -hmm. right? And uh, um, yeah, so there's an old idea about never hey. tell somebody your future plans that you want to do unless they're going to support you. You don't want people saying, oh, yo, you can't do that. You know, the last thing you want, right? Mm -hmm. now. Yeah. We're, we're in training to, um, you know, keep our intent and our focus pure enough yeah. until we get to that point of precipitation, which means no time lag. And, you know, when you open that up to other energy fields of other individuals that may even have good intentions um you know dissipates that so that's the first rule in like ascended master teachings and and i know echinar which i'm a big fan of um you know is very closely aligned i think with sure. the same kind of understandings yeah. um yeah you you want to keep that in a certain way and that's why inner retreats in the old days uh, you know, when you were invited into these things of higher learning with, uh, you know, adepts that are a little bit further along on the path than you, um, the first thing they had you do is remain in silence, sometimes up for several years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just so you learned that, uh, you know, you developed that discipline of just keeping your mouth shut. 
keep your mouth shut. <laughs> the other, I don't know if I told you this one, but I don't know, a couple of months ago, you know, I'm doing the screenwriting and I was just, I'm just working on it all the time. I just love it. And I said something like, um, you know, I'm really getting tired of talking and I was kind of, kind of saying the idea that I'd like to move in the screen on the air, right? Getting tired of talking. Two days later, I couldn't talk. Right? Just, <laughs> just couldn't talk. <laughs> you know, so you got to be careful what you what you say and what you think, right? It was hilarious. I know, I just couldn't talk. Well, when you start gathering more steam, you know, gathering more energy, then you do have to be careful what you think and say because things Boy. do happen a lot quicker. Yeah, yeah a lot quicker. And, um, well, you're always a gas here. Uh, we have propane or our diesel to talk to, Bear. Thank you for c- coming on the show. Um, you're going to go to kids, kids and babies for Thanksgiving, right? That'll be fun. That'll be fun. Kids and babies. Kids and, and babies. Uh, fortunately, you know, with my kids and uh, daughter-in-laws, um, we're all on the same page. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's no family quibbling or uh, people demanding that you wear a mask to dinner. Uh, you know, they're uh, doing conscious birthing and, you know, taking the kids' education into their own hands. And they know what's going on in the world, which is a delightful thing because uh, there's a lot of division happening with families. You know, people that we know, they're just at each other's yeah. throats because, uh, you know, they've been polarized by all the, the stuff out there. Yeah, yeah. You had mentioned that all politics is just made up, and boy, I sure believe it. Um, and isn't it, isn't it interesting how they keep coming up with more and more stuff, whether it be nuclear war or this election or whatever, you know, uh, to to keep us trying to keep us into the movie. Boy, they're just really pulling out all the stops, aren't they? Oh, the Russian war. Well, they, yeah, they absolutely have to incinerate. Uh, portions of Eastern Europe now, uh, you know, in order to get rid of the evidence of where these uh, creatures have been laundering all their money and everything, including our uh, our present emperor there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and the Hildebeestes and all those folks, you know, that's where all the crime is. So uh, what better thing than to torch it with some strategic nuclear attacks and then blame it on somebody else in the first place so that we can achieve a, a, a regime change and put in a puppet that, um, you know, is going to do what he's told rather than actually uh, desire a independent nation state independent of the Federal Reserve dollar, you know? Yeah, that's the big one. That's the big deal, isn't it? Yeah, got to yeah. control the money, baby. Yeah, and you, you, yeah. you get rid of that dollar and boy, all, and all bets are off at that point. Well, that's what my screenplay is about, so, you know, I'm... I'm going to sell that puppy. I know. I just keep rewriting it and rewriting it. Actually, and rewriting. <laughs> it's actually why I opened that door up. I'm uh, very eager to see that uh, final screenplay. Yeah. I'm even more eager to see it uh, hit the silver screen. Yeah, yeah. I, I know about, you know, final, it's funny with, with writing, as you know, I'm sure you've written your share. If, you know, you always get more, there's never done. And so there's, you know, you can just keep rewriting until you sell it, I guess. I don't the fact is, though, is, uh, you know, your screenplay, even though it's information that could, you know, 
keep morphing for quite some time it's still something that hasn't hit the you know that level of truth hitting no uh you know any major screen and it would be quite uh a revelation for a segment of the population that say oh that's how it works oh that's yeah yeah that's the whole oh that's oh that's how it works Mm -hmm. well we'll see how she goes well i love you brother thank you for for being on the show it's been an honor to have you and Christmas, you're going to be back and in, in, in back where you are for Christmas time? Well, we'll be here between Christmas and um, Thanksgiving, but then we're going to go back down there for Christmas. We're just trying to get some more time in with the new grandkids. Uh, we've got another one in the oven, a granddaughter, and so we just want to be down there a little more. Then we'll be back up here, you know, for the for the new year and for the rest of the year because starting after the holidays, we start um, – propagating things in the greenhouse uh you know and then trans uh uh transporting those into little uh you know four inchers and and things that eventually we'll put into the ground in early spring so we stay pretty busy all winter long i'm building a a big uh cold frame into the ground that's going to be geothermal so i can do even more propagation without any external you know heat source or anything like i might need in the you know the greenhouse because it gets a little colder so well, that's we cool. just put in a new uh, business center uh we're opening up uh, a whole new zone on a permaculture farm for uh, uh uh more planting and trellises for some of the herbs that we grow so we're just constantly expanding we're opening up a whole aquaculture center you know with a new uh, lake that we're installing so yeah wow. we've always got stuff going on stuff to do so so yeah. uh, you share a lot of the food you sell it and use it for your business and things like that yeah yeah we uh, we grow way more food than we can possibly sure, eat I can but you know we, we do share it with people but we don't sell it uh the mm. the thing that we're really expanding on is our herbal crops because those are actually what i make medicines out of in my lab outside uh it's also what we use in you know our teas and and so and you know those are getting a wider and wider audience so we just have to keep growing more yeah. but that's what we like to do anyway that's, so just keep expanding nothing else to do right yeah go to yeah. Uh, go go to go to bears uh, um um website alphavedic.com and you you have a lot of cool products you've got the best teas ever on the history of the universe you just do yeah i'm sorry you do thank you yeah you just do okay kiddo uh, may the blessings be and we'll see you soon thanks for coming on the show patrick love you a lot and thank you for having me right. always a joy thank you my pleasure bear paul lando patrick timpone one radio network.com and we're gonna Take a break now, and we'll see you in the morning with Fred Dashevsky in the uh, the um, secret world of money. Not the real world. <clears throat> secret world of money. We'll talk about money tomorrow with Fred, uh, who buys and sells gold coins for a living. So we're going to see you at 10 o'clock. You take care of yourself. Hope you enjoyed. We had three shows today, man. We started early. So um, have fun uh, watching the the live streams as we play back and also go to BitChute. Join us on Facebook and, and also um, Telegram if you'd like to. OneRadioNetwork.com Thank you. May the blessings be. Take care of yourself. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is One 
radionetwork.com.